his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a special Wake and Jake live from winter meetings in beautiful San Diego. Myself, Davis Wimbledon, John Bino floating around. And this current story is the old men pitchers. Jacob deGrom, the first one, drops, and it's, okay, where's it going to land? He's the most talented pitcher in baseball, arguably recent injury history, 35 Texas, they finally do it. They've been rumored for Kershaw for the past couple years. They go five for 185. It's $37 million a year with an option for a six-year. Uh, crazy money. It's good for Texas. It's good for DeGrom. And there is some Mets fear factor, where we'll get to, that they took care of in the next 24 hours. Uh, Texas, for where their roster's at and what they were going to do, they were going to have to pay, and boy, they did. Um, and, man, it's a horrifying contract. <laughs> like you got to be honest a little bit, right, uh, with what's happened to Grom in the recent years and just the whole fact that it doesn't make sense. Like, it's it's almost one of those basic life things. Like, you remember that chart that would come out every year that was like, oh, Jacob DeGrom throws harder now. And you're like, well, I don't know, man. Like, no, nobody else really does that. And now he's 35 years old. He's going to Texas, and if you're a Texas Rangers fan, you just have to be excited about it. You can't care about the contract. You can care about the money. Um, he is an ace of staff. He is a one-of-one. One. He can outduel anyone in the game when he wants to. Uh, he's now, it's Jacob deGrom, Martin Perez, John Gray, Odorizzi, and Dunning. What's that do for you? Ah, <laughs> I don't know, 75, 81. Um, but hopefully for them... They're planting a flag, and if DeGrom can be any version of himself these next five years, and they do have some a youth movement on the way between Jack Leiter, we've been seeing Al floating around winter meetings, always a treat, a um, couple other young pitchers, uh, Cole Wynn, uh, they drafted Kumar Rocker, right? And, yep. you know, that's his whole career is <laughs> taking one of the weirder paths you'll see. But, hey, whatever it is, and if it's an injury-prone version of Jacob DeGrom, uh, even if the velocity does come down, which it should, and people have actually been rooting for the past couple years to like tone it down so you don't get hurt, uh, they have Jacob DeGrom at the top of their rotation. I talked about it a lot on Talking Baseball. If you're a general manager, I, that's why when I was seeing some of the three years or, or the money that was getting thrown out for DeGrom, I, I was taking the over easily because uh, every GM dreams of that. Uh, to get the best pitcher and to be able to put that in your rotation for what this Texas Rangers rebuild was supposed to be. They got the new stadium, and then COVID hit, and then their team was kind of a disaster for a couple years. It, it was driving me nuts why they didn't make any smaller moves um, just to try to make their team any bit better. But, hey, maybe they read the room with the Astros because they weren't going to compete with them at all. Uh, the Mariners have had this awesome kind of rising of their own, and they're still going for it, and they're still looking to make big moves. Uh, so hopefully this is the start for Texas, who, by the way, you know, Simeon Seager last year, people say they're not out of it. 
this year on Rodon and some of the other big ticket items. Let's see where their youth comes in at because um, they've got our boy thick neck Josh Jung. Um, he's supposed to come up and basically start the year for them. They've got some other young bodies that kind of contributed last year. If you can have a, you know, some of the Yankees guys, Smith or Zeke Duran, if, if something can happen there. Simeon Seeger, low. Adelise Garcia, Jonah Heim, what he did last year. Young, Brad Miller. You have something. It's just how much is something because it feels like we do the exact same conversation with the Angels. Like, Texas Rangers and the Angels, if they played heads up, 162 games, that's what? 81 and 81? Like, maybe one of, maybe one of them can be 85 next year with their next move. That's what they're going for. Yeah, and that, uh, let's see what it is. If you're if you're a Texas Rangers fan and they do another move, I mean, go. I guess don't kiss your ownership group because your team's still not in a great standpoint. But if they go out and get Simeon, Seager, Degrom, and then another big free agent, my goodness. Um, I guess if you're them, like obviously five years on Degrom is scary. But the Mets, it seems like they had a three year there waiting. You, you probably had to go beyond four for him to not like go to the Mets and not give him the chance. I think they, there would have been some some negotiating there. But then, uh, if you want to try to spin optimistic, Degrom like didn't pitch in college really. He was still like a right, shortstop. Right, he was a shortstop. Like, for thirty five, he has less mileage on the arm. He has the injuries anyway, so you kind of can't. But if you're a Rangers fan, you're trying to be optimistic. He doesn't debut till twenty six. Like the number of innings at his age is like. Jacob a third De- of what Verlander threw at the same age. Jacob DeGrom could win next year's Cy Young, and it wouldn't be surprising at all. He could win the next Might two Cy Youngs. Money. And, you, yeah, you wouldn't, you know, it, you wouldn't bat an eye. You'd be like, wow, he stayed healthy and he was that good. Uh, the, the new Texas Rangers ballpark has actually been a pitcher's ballpark, so it should help him, not, not that he really needs it. Uh, for the Texas Rangers, still doesn't seem impactful to the American League. Where it ended up being more impactful is this free agency. This was kind of the wild card. This was, okay, the Texas Rangers entered the chat. They got their guy. And now the Mets with Steve Cohen and all the, the momentum they had built up, what are they going to do? Are they in on Rodon? They go to Justin Verlander, JV. He gets another ring in Houston. He opts out of his contract. Uh, and rightfully so, because he gets two years, $86 million. Uh, crazy money. Crazy money in and of itself. Um, and a bar that Justin Verlander has set for himself, and rightfully so, man. I, I, I mean, coming off of TJ, how's your 175 ERA? How is your Cy Young? And he comes to New York, which, you know, we've we heard the rumors about him and Kate Middleton kind of looking for their – Kate Middleton? Kate Upton. Kate Upton. Who's Kate Middleton? She's that's the, that's the, the queen of uh, the whatever. Duchess. Is she out? Uh, she's she's still like attached to the royal family. I know there's a bunch of weirdness yeah. there. I, I'm not in on the royals. I don't know. I guess we'll cover that a little later. Kansas City's fine. Uh, Managers over there. Swag. Uh, Quattraro. Um, Verlander goes to the Mets. Uh, if you're the Mets. I, I would love, I'm getting some pulse from my Mets friends. They still want to see what happens the rest of this offseason, like every team, so that's a little cop-outy. But, hey, uh, eye for an eye, right? I, I mean, DeGrom only pitched so much last year, and even when he did with the Mets, he was basically rehabbing, trying to build himself up for this free agency. Um, and shout-out to both these older guys uh, for doing themselves right. Remember when Verlander was kind of in a really weird spot with Houston? Like, he was kind of able to come back, and everyone was like, are you going to come back? And he was like, nah. And then he gets paid $25 million, which two for 50 at the time, and everyone was like, I don't know, man. Justin Verlander coming off Tommy John, he's 39. Well, it, he had it right. 
He, he knew what his body was doing. And, hey, maybe we'll be saying the same thing about DeGrom over the next couple of years, that he, however he dealt with his injury and he timed it, he came back the right way. The Mets have Verlander and Scherzer. Um, you know, it's always funny when we do the Yankees-Mets stuff and people think we sh- should have more of a cold shoulder than Mets. I mean, you're going to find us ruin. A, a couple things we like are old men because as you get older, you can't really idolize the 23-year-old hot prospect that comes up. Uh, so Scherzer and Verlander at the top of that rotation with our guy Buck Showalter, man, uh, it's just it's some of the most fun baseball you can get. Um, if you're a Mets fan, you got to be scared about how you're going to handle Scherzer and Verlander because you need a plan. If you're if this is your plan, which can work, I mean, those guys can ruin any playoff series for you, but. But you need them healthy. And, you know, I, we Jack Curry stopped by before, and he said 25 starts. If you're going to be doing this with Verlander for two, if not three years, if the vesting option kicks in, which sounded like it was 140 innings pitch. I don't know if we got any final confirmation on that. You haven't seen confirmation, confirmation, but I saw like a tweet from not one of the guys. The website I was really it. confident about it. If you're going to put it, good for you. It, it sounds like a benchmark that I'd have expected. Mets need another starting pitcher for sure. Um, right now, Verlander, Scherzer, Carrasco, McGill, Peterson. Um, you know, McGill, Peterson as your 5-6 feels a lot better than your 4-5. Uh, They'll get a veteran guy, whether Bassett, Tyone, or, or someone of that ilk. Um Edwin Diaz came back. They gave him the bag. Don't forget about that. The rest of their bullpen is kind of scary. I think your two guy in the Mets bullpen right now is Drew Smith. Right now they have their three list is Bryce Montes de Oca. Jimmy's Bryce Montes de Oca. So uh, they've got some work to do in the bullpen, but you can do that. Uh, and then in the lineup, I, I don't know. I, I still think Nimmo comes back. Uh, the outfield crop is thin this year. Uh, we've heard Brian Reynolds' rumors, which were were quite literally made up, and the Pirates shot down, but now there's still Brian Reynolds' rumors, which are pretty delicious. Um, I think they go and get another outfielder. I, I'd assume it's Nimmo. He's a fit on that team at the top of the lineup. Um, right now they have Vogie listed as their everyday DH. I, I don't think you're in love with that. I, I think it can work for you. Um, but for the Mets... You had 24 hours of panic that you lost Jacob DeGrom, maybe the most talented pitcher in baseball. You replaced him with the guy who won the Cy Young, just won the World Series. Not a bad situation for Mets fans. And how about Uncle Steve, man? He's living up to the billing. Good for him. Got it done quick. A lot, a lot of owners in sports come in, come in hot, and sometimes there's, there's highs and lows that come with that. He's the big wallet at the table. He continues to buy. Good for Mets fans. Happy for you. What does it mean for either team? I don't know. Mets are still in a brutal division. <laughs> Texas, I don't know. Same. You're talking about third or fourth. You're talking about third or fourth. So, um, all right. Let's do the Foos ball from this weekend because this was kind of the best weekend of football that we'd seen lined up on the calendar. It started Thursday, Bills, Patriots, kind of when we last kicked off with you guys because we were doing some fun fair warehouse stuff. Make sure you go check that out because there's more and more coming out as we're currently in the Blitzball playoffs. Uh, the Bills rolled on the Patriots 24-10. to um, In New England, Patriots go to 6-6. Six and six. Like I've been telling you, I think they're my barometer team. Uh, if they play a better team like the Bills, they will lose. 
they play worse team, they will win because they still have Belichick. They still have a good team defense, and you like Stevenson at running back, but they are outgunned by this Bills team who are now back on track. They kind of had their rough patch of the season. Nine and three, Josh Allen's looking good. Cook, the running back, who they took out of Georgia, he's starting to go. Um, and what, what does that mean? That you know that offense has been looking for the running back for a little while. Singletary never really clicked. Now Cook is going. That could change. Uh, a little dynamic to their offense. Which brings us to Sunday, one of the best NFL Sundays of the season. We know because me and BBD were on a plane over trying like hell to get the direct TV to work. It did not. So then I was watching a choppy red zone on the Wi-Fi, which quite the treat. Yeah, and I was watching your choppy red zone yeah. from diagonal behind. So And the guy next to me on the flight, he was a real treat. Um, he really wanted to watch the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so he was playing a similar game. And he was kind of like plain, plain etiquette of kind of staying in your lane. He wasn't about that. I saw him talk to everyone that touched him. He talked to the person in front of him. He talked to me to the side. I connected his phone to the Wi-Fi. Not a big deal. Um, anyways, Steelers-Falcons, uh, you guys know I love – I love my Falcons. They they pound the ball. They know who they are. It's it's not necessarily a good thing. They get beat at home to the Steelers. The Steelers who are kind of going now. T.J. Watt's been back. What's that? Okay. Uh, T.J. Watt is back. They went at one point. They were two and six, and now they've won three of their last four. They beat the Saints. They lost to the Bengals by a score. By the way, a high scoring game with the Bengals, thirty-seven thirty at the Colts, at the Falcons. Now they'll go home against the Ravens, who I think will be without Lamar. Um, and the Ravens looked horrible against my Broncos anyways. That This is where being a good head coach, and we talked about it with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and how long he's been in the league. Tomlin, man, I, I know he's had his moments, just like every coach. I mean, a- Andy Reid, it used to be a joke about how bad his time management was, and now that he's with Mahomes, you don't hear people talking about that anymore. The Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett at quarterback are starting to win games. They're 5-7. and seven. What does it mean for this year? Nothing. Uh, Ravens, Panthers, Raiders, Ravens, Browns. So, I don't know. Uh, I think you'll end up seeing in, in those uh, the in-the-hunt graphic. I don't think they'll get anywhere, but for rolling Kenny Pickett out there this season, the fact that they're 5-7 and seven, and T.J. Watt was out forever, it's kind of a win for the Steelers, uh, at least going into next year. Packers beat the Bears. Don't care. Uh, both these teams are out of it. Uh, Rodgers continues to beat the Packers. A lot of heavy debates in one of my group chat about how good Justin Fields actually is. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. He, he runs incredible. He, he drops a couple balls in there. Uh, there are some top 10 Justin Fields quarterback arguments. I'm not into it now. One more like a year of it, and, and we can start. It's really dreaming. tough. Looking at the stat line, it's just not... Obviously, we only saw snippets of red zone, but it's just not at all the parts I saw. Yeah. Only five incompletions. I definitely saw both picks and a couple <laughs> yeah. couple long throws that, that didn't connect. Both but. at the end of the game. The Bears team is so untalented that it's really hard to judge, but uh, the fact it's become a conversation is still good for Bear fans and Justin Field. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm leaning a little, a little more nervous because all of these fantasy stats he's been racking up have been in losses and... I don't know. The Bears are one of the tough, toughest watches, IMO. Sure, Bears fan, be excited. Sure. The game I was excited about that was the loser bowl game of the weekend, Jaguars-Lions, my guy Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. 
Coming off of a big win, the Lions have been rolling for Lions culture recently. They've won with this win four out of five, and they rolled on them at home 40-14. to 14. When's the last time the Lions have rolled on a team at home? Uh, insert that there. They beat up on the Jaguars. Um, they believe this. Uh, we talked about it the other week, but, man, if this team was 6-6, six and six, I think there would be some Lions mania going on. They'll, they host the Vikings next week, which, again, Vegas will show you what they really think of teams. I wouldn't be surprised if that spread is Vikings minus four, something like that, and you're talking about one of the best teams in football playing the Lions. Then they go Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's going to be a little bit of Lions juice, and the fact if they ended this season with five wins, we would have said for the Lions, like, all right. Good for you, Lions. Like you, you took you a would step have liked in to the, get to seven. You but. took a step in the right direction. They're at five. They have five to play. Um, this is probably going to be an eight-win team. And for the Detroit Lions, go look at their history. Um, it's one of the worst franchises in pro sports. They're going to be the the team this year that like it's the last week and they need like six things to happen. Right. They'll and be then, and they'll be everyone's rooting for it because it's the Lions and they were they, they're fun watch which the fact they're there is incredible. Your G-Men, BBD, this is when we were getting off the plane, getting the baggage, which took so, so long. It was unreal. Very weird baggage situation. Uh, The Giants and what I was calling, and I thought I was being rude, but a lot of people were saying was kind of a must-win game with their rest of the schedule. Turns out it was a must-not-lose game, and they tied the Commanders. They go into overtime. They give up the touchdown at the end to get it tied, and then uh, kind of an ugly back and forth. Looked like they might have had a safety or a strip sack on Heineke at the one-yard line. Uh, That would have been, I mean, just a world of momentum for the Giants. They took control of this game. Bobby Skinner's tagging me in tweets and talking Giants, the We Got Momentum gift that I I, I used to be obsessed with. Um, They end up tying the Commanders, which, hey, 7-4-1 7-4-1 Giants, uh, the problem is they play the Eagles next week. The Commanders, again, like we talked about, and the Commanders have a bye week. And uh, it's at their place. But that game's kind of must-watch. I mean, coming off of a yeah. tie to division rivals. Uh, tie again, and I'm back around. Tie was fun. <laughs> tie twice. If they tie again. Now we're talking. In their place. Vikings. Flex to Sunday night. Vikings, Colts, Eagles. So if you're the Giants, and this incredible start you had to your season... You kind of need to win that Commanders game and the Colts game, and that's going to get you to nine and six and one. That would be enough. We're saying it anyway. We're hoping just these of the this one of the two Commanders games felt like the easiest to win because it's the first time seeing them. Yeah, and at your, at home at home they get the bye and just see you again. Eight seven and one. If they end up there, that's going to be one of those situations like we've talked about. Um, or eight eight and one this year, right? Yeah, seventeen games. So, yeah, yeah. Um, man, <laughs> Heineke refuses to lose. Good for you, Washington football team. Um, a good game in the Meadowlands. I, I know the Talking Giants crew was there. Jolly Olive was there. Uh, wish could have been there, but do I? Winter meetings take that all day. Uh, and then again, more primo games. The Eagles roll up on the Titans. This was kind of a. Not a last hurrah for the Titans, but they were seven and four. If they could beat the big bag Eagles, let's give them the Eagles. Give them the respect they deserve. 
Eagles, man. A.J. Brown against his former team, uh, 8 for 119, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts with video game stats, 380 yards passing, three touchdowns. Eagles are a wagon. Uh, they beat the Titans by 25. Um, they're going to be there at the end, and it's just a matter of who can take them down. A game you don't need to hear about, my Broncos and the Ravens. Lamar gets hurt, <laughs> 10-9 final. Uh, they were up 9-3 to pretty much the whole game. Uh, and then final drive, let the Ravens score. Uh, 10-9 final, another Broncos under. The Broncos have had only one game hit the over this year. One of the worst offenses ever. Speaking of, but the Browns get the help from their defense. Three defense and special team touchdowns from the Browns uh, as they have the return of Deshaun. Um, I don't know. It, tough day to tough day to be on Twitter and look at a lot of those takes. Uh, Browns win. They're five and seven. The offense looked ugly, uh, but their defense is stacked. Their running game is still there with Chubb, and as Deshaun gets back into the mix. Let's see, five and seven Browns. They next week is their big test. If they can go to Cincinnati and win that game against the Bengals, six and seven with Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers, Stefanski and the Browns. I, I mean, I feel like I was kind of one of the first guys that was drinking his Kool Aid hardcore. Um, yeah, the Deshaun stuff is tough. Twitter's just always going to be bad. Yeah. Always going to be bad. It's because he's a bad guy and all that. There's no win. Texans, 110-1. Yikes. Seahawks rolling the Rams. Rams, again, they're they're yelling out a shell. Shell unit of who you would think are on the Rams. They go to 3-9. And And the Seahawks are 7-5. Pete Carroll, again. Geno Smith kept the receipts. Don't really care about that because with a lot of other teams, I don't think Geno's receipts would have mattered. Uh Pete Carroll has the Seahawks 7-5 in what was supposed to be, um, you know, one of the toughest divisions in football. They roll, speaking of that division, the 49ers, 8-4, 33-17 over the Dolphins. And by the way, Jimmy G goes down, and I think it's for the season. Brock Purdy show comes out. Mm. Really tough for him because he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, which we kind of need to get rid of. That's just a brutal football term. Uh, but that's, that's why everyone loves Kyle Shanahan because Brock Purdy goes 25 of 37 with two touchdowns. Um, and they beat the Dolphins, the mighty Dolphins, who are 8 and 3. I think they're closer to a barometer team than an 8 and 3 team. San Francisco, who is now full blown rolling with Brock Purdy. Uh, there's some rumors that, you know, will they go after Baker Mayfield, who he just got released from Carolina? Um, <laughs> I saw people trying to get Jameis cut so he could go there. Hmm. Um, I think the bigger thing is I don't think the 49ers really care. Uh, they've won five in a row. Uh, the skill positions are gross. Debo was banged up in this game. Didn't really matter. Um, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. They're going to stay hot. And uh, I don't know. I, if, if I told you a lot of other teams around the league had their seventh-round pick coming in to take over the offense for the rest of the season, you'd think they're dead. That's kind of the, the kudos to Shanahan and what he can do um, that almost nobody else in the league can. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. Hey. I, Bengals season was coming, and it's full-blown here. They beat the Chiefs at home. Uh, Chiefs dropped to 9-3. and three. Burrow and the boys, they are now winners of six of their last seven uh, after their 
kind of slow start to the season that they admitted that they were basically going to take. Uh, it's full-blown. Bengals are in the Super Bowl contender pot. We were hoping they would get there before their game to the Titans. You beat the Titans, you beat the Chiefs. Those are two of the guys that probably going to be there and have been there the past couple years. Uh, Bengals, man, Joe Burrow. Uh, Cincinnati is <laughs> they owe that guy like literally millions and millions of dollars, and he will get them. Chargers, Raiders, uh, kind of the same team, right? Uh, you know, you could have them swap uniforms, and you're going to get the same results. Raiders win. They're back up to 5-7, and seven, which if they were 6-6, six and six, how about them Raiders? Winners of three straight. They have the Rams. Okay. Rams, Patriots, Steelers. At Rams, at Steelers, home versus the Patriots. Those are three winnable games. Get it going, Raiders. Uh, they're a fun team. Devontae Adams, you know, we, we get mad when guys change teams and it falls apart. Kenny Galladay, Giants. Devontae's balled out. He's, he's been the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, Carr, good for him for staying relentless uh, through their early season woes. Man, get it going, Las Vegas Raiders. I, I'm all about that. Uh, and then your final game of the day, Colts-Cowboys. Cowboys, 54. Colts. 19. Yep. That that tells a story about both teams. Tony Pollard. I I was skeptical at first. Another two touchdowns for him. Just watch him. It looks like he's running at a different speed on the field. Cardinals or Panthers on buys. Thank God. All right. That's the football. Thank you, everybody. We will be back probably Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Awesome. Uh-oh. Trey Turner is a Philadelphia Philly. Sheesh. Looks like we're recording. Bye.